Thanks, as always, for being a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. You know, the only reason this podcast gets made is because of support from listeners like you. And the best thing that you can do to support Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast is to listen on Stitcher Premium. This is not just some scam to get donations. Wait till you hear what you get. First of all... If you go to Stitcher.com slash NotSam, you're going to get access to everything that Stitcher Premium has to offer, not just Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It's like 5 bucks a month, 35 bucks if you want to do the whole year. You'll get all the premium Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast and everything else available on Stitcher Premium if you go to Stitcher.com slash NotSam. Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast Premium includes this podcast each and every week getting uploaded the same time it does right here except ad-free. No more ads on the wrestling podcast. Also, a special bonus for you guys on Stitcher Premium is the brand new Captive Audience Show. It's a watch-along show where we watch one of the weirdest, most bizarre, bad WWE, WCW, ECW shows available on the WWE Network, and we do a live commentary. I do it with somebody who doesn't necessarily watch wrestling all the time. The first show we did was Uncensored 95 with my wife, Jess. I had to sit there and explain the logic of Uncensored 95. This week, brand new episode went up, WrestleMania 9. If you want to hear me explain WrestleMania 9 to my dad in real time while you watch, the only way to do it is to subscribe to Stitcher Premium, stitcher.com slash NotSam, and listen to the exclusive captive audience shows. If you don't want to do that, if you just want to enjoy the wrestling podcast for free, each and every Thursday morning, then go ahead, keep those ears open, and we'll start it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts' Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. I am your host. Welcome to Sam Roberts' Wrestling Podcast. What is this, episode 176? I don't even keep track anymore. I should probably start planning something special to do for episode 200. Hit me up on Twitter if there's something specific you want to see for episode 200, because it's going to sneak up on us. You know, what is that, 24? It's still several months away, but it'll sneak up on us. I mean, quite frankly, I can't believe 176 weeks have gone by doing this, but I'm so glad they have. And there have been so many shows that we've done that I've absolutely loved. And I'll tell you why I loved last week's show, because of the feedback that I got from you guys so much, especially the day the show released, but all throughout the week, every single day, I was getting more and more tweets and emails and Instagram comments and Facebook messages, all uh, with differing opinions from all of you guys. Some people vehemently disagreed with me. You know, I got a message today saying Sam Roberts might not believe in wrestling journalism and they were, you know, tweeting some other podcast, but I think you guys are journalists and you're more entertaining than Sam and his co-host. And I said, I don't, I, I don't know if you're the most informed listener as I don't have a co-host. It's called Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast because generally speaking, it's just me. But uh, a lot of you guys uh, agreed with me. A lot of you guys didn't agree with me. But for the most part, the vast majority 
just appreciated the conversation. So shout outs to uh, David Bixenspan again for doing the show last week and putting himself in a vulnerable position. And to everybody that listened and sent me feedback and sent me their opinions. And if you didn't hear last week's show uh, and don't know what this wrestling journalism debate is all about, then go ahead and, and you know go back and download last week's show and or listen on YouTube or SoundCloud or NotSam.com or wherever you want to listen. It's up there, but uh, it was uh, it was a fun one to do. This week we go back to the tried and true, the traditional formula of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast and our uh, our interview segment. It's not a debate; it's actually a proper interview. And this week's guest is Luke Harper. I was shocked when I found out that Luke Harper was going to be around uh, promoting a film. But he's a part of this new movie, which you can get on iTunes. I think it's in the horror genre, although it's not really a horror movie, called Mohawk. Uh, and it's a really, it's a good movie. I, I expected to watch 10 to 15 minutes, enough that I feel like I could get the gist of where it's going, then maybe fast forward to the end to see if something happens to Harper's character, and then go and do the interview. You know, it's something that people in this business do. But... I ended up actually watching the movie, and I enjoyed it. So, uh, it, And it's one of those things that I feel like we should support if we're fans of Luke Harper because the conversation about Luke Harper always ends up being a conversation about how he's not being used. You know, he was off TV for as long as he was off. Even when he wasn't injured, he was off TV. So the best thing that you can do if you want to show WWE that you're a fan of Luke Harper is to do it through your wallet. That's how not just WWE, but any company responds. Uh, buy the movie on iTunes or wherever and check out Mohawk. But uh, I got the chance to talk to him. The director of Mohawk sat in with us. So we got to talk about the movie, how Luke Harper ended up being picked, you know, uh, uh, dealing with his injury, leaving injury rehab to go and do the movie, but also... You know, we got into the current run of the Bludgeon Brothers. We got into whether or not he wanted the Wyatts to get back together. We got into uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. Being off TV, we talked a lot about that. Being off TV and dealing with that, that whole thing of like, I'm not injured, but I'm not on TV. And what's what's better or what's worse, I guess? Two bad things. Sitting at home injured and not being able to do anything or not being injured and not being used to do anything. A lot we got into uh, here in this conversation, and I wanted to share it with you this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, uh, uh, a downright affable bloke, one half of the Bludgeon Brothers, a guy who may be headed towards WrestleMania, hopefully. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Luke Harper. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Well, uh, it's Thursday. And you know what that means. I mean, I do. do you? <laughs> Luke Harper. Yes, sir. Welcome. Well, here's the thing. So, you're a movie actor now, and yes. I'm watching this movie Mohawk, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the most curious thing, I watched the whole thing, but really just so I could get to those credits and go like, <laughs> what is he billed as? That's how I know if he really gets to be a movie actor or if he's a wrestler in a movie and yeah. my friend, you are a real life movie that is, actor. That is correct. Yeah, uh, because the thing was, if I was Luke Harper, the whole movie would be ruined because my first name is dead. So <laughs> they'd have to reshoot it and retag me as Harper. So it's much better that it's Jonathan Huber. Right, right. <laughs> it just makes more sense. Yeah. How do you? How do you? Uh, how do you end up in this movie? The movie's called Mohawk, and it's uh, it takes place in like the. Uh, 1800s, right? Yes. And it's the uh, yes. it's it's the Americans, and they're uh, in a forest, and they're 
hunting down the Mohawk tribe, but the Mohawk mm-hmm. tribe or a Wiley tribe, it's it's uh, they are a lot of suspense. They are. Um, so I was contacted by Talent Relations by my friend Ted Gagan, uh, who is the director of the film and sitting next to me, and hey. who does much better <laughs> job at explaining how he got me. <laughs> yeah. So what? Are, so so are you a movie director, and you're like, yeah. Harper um, would be great for this. Well, you know, I, I and I gr- got a coat that'll fit him. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got all this huge wardrobe. Um, now we, I, I grew up as a fan of pro wrestling, and on this film, when we'd written it, there's a one of the one of the adversaries in the movie is this big hulking soldier named Lachlan, and when we were writing it, you know, we we didn't really have anybody in mind, but as as we started casting, we were like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if we found a WWE superstar who's available for this role, and so. We reached out and uh, we got the list. And as soon as I saw Harper's name on it, I was like, "Well, that's going to work out <laughs> perfectly." And uh, we we had a Skype conversation yep. slash interview slash audition. Yeah. And um, right after that, I mean, it was it, yeah, was, it was pretty pretty go. Because I was hurt at the time, so it actually worked out. That's perfectly. what I was going to ask you: Is the knee brace in the movie your legit knee? So <laughs> that is the knee that was injured. Um, <laughs> I had a legit brace on underneath the entire time, but the. The, the brace that Lachlan wears was written into the script before they even had me in mind, so it just kind of was happenstance. Right, so know. were you like, I could just wear my... <laughs> well, I told him that, and he's like, well, we got this other one. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So now you're wearing, <laughs> now you're like, wearing two knee braces. Well, we need you to time. limp a little bit, but not... T- I was like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you, you were like, well, I can just wear my knee brace on set, and I was like, I don't know if yeah. a sports I, brace from 2016 sure if, is yeah, going to fit timely. to a movie set in 1814. You think it's going to pull people out? Yeah. Plus, they all know that like you're you're an injured wrestler, and they're like, oh, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, so, do, did you know you were on that list of uh, potential movie filming superstars? Because no. I feel like Luke Harper. When I when so so when I get the thing, hey, Luke Harper from WWE is going to be around. Would you want to interview him? I was like, yeah, of course. And he's like, he's promoting a movie, and I'm like, oh. I'm surprised Harper's <laughs> even doing like interviews, let alone. So uh, <laughs> when they did reach out to me, I was uh, I assumed right away that they had got the wrong guy, um, <laughs> that they were looking for Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt or somebody, you know. And then he assured me that no, he wanted me, and so yeah, it's weird to me too. I don't know. That's awesome. <laughs> and does it when you're at home injured? Does it like give you some? Is it better for your brain to have something like this to do? So um, maybe my wife should answer that one. Well, <laughs> she just, as soon as I said when you're at home injured, is it better? She's, she's going <laughs> no, <laughs> no. So I was there for what seven months. So yeah, it was. It had to be a blessing in disguise to uh, get me out of the house, give me a creative outlet, um, because I was playing video games and watching UFC and WWE, and that's pretty much it <laughs> in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> that's great so, too. That you're like, I finally get to enjoy my house. Yeah. you're in the basement the entire my time. My son, I, w- I locked him out of the basement. All, it's all kind of, yeah. <laughs> was that like? How do you? How do you cope? Because I talked to. Uh, big cast not too long mm-hmm. ago and he's right in the thick oh, of it man. and it was pretty clear that like he was just not it it's brutal because yeah. you're watching your world go on and you can't get in that world and um you also know that that's how you make your living and so it's uh it's a bit of a mental hurdle to jump over but once you kind of realize like oh i have this house i have this family that you didn't really understand the gravity of the situations because you've been on the road so much right that now you can understand what you have at home and it makes so those six months kind of made me who i am today and i think are make me way better for being out and it kind of reminds you what you're doing it all for right mm-hmm. like because yeah i had a i 
uh, conversation with you. I think it was last time WrestleMania was in New Orleans. Oh yeah, the first one. Yeah. Right, and we were just talking, and you were talking about how like oh, yeah. the biggest difference in <laughs> indie wrestling and WWE is like. I can this buy a house. I yeah, can provide is, for my family. This is it. I did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it. But yeah. but I guess you don't really get to sit in it until something catastrophic exactly, happens. Exactly. Right? You're you're moving so much that I'm gone five days a week and then so then those two days are gone and then another five days and it just winds and winds and winds. And like you said, that was four or five years ago that we talked. It feels like yesterday. Right. So to be out for those six months and to understand, oh, and is that when time starts like actually moving at the pace of time oh, yeah. when you're oh, at home? Yep. And then you're like, oh man, this is going to be forever. But then you're like, oh man, this is really cool. <laughs> then, then, then we and drag then you, you get, to yeah, a movie Yeah, then they set. make me work. <laughs> but but I also love like because typically on movie sets, it's like the everybody is like, oh, just hurry up and wait. And there's so that, much. But like every minute of it for you has got to be like, this is great. I'm out well, of the house. I'm I said so. The first time I get on set, it's sit in the trailer for seven hours and then. All right, let's go. And I'd run out the set. Okay, we're going to need to rehearse the scene where you're crying over a dead body. I was like, what? And then go. And then, yeah, okay, it, now we're going to shoot it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's like it's like sit by yourself in a trailer. And then it's like, okay, we need you to be at Emotions. emotional intensity. Right. And it's like, and as soon as we got it, we're like, okay, we're good. Yeah, and, and I was like, are you sure? Yeah. And so I remember saying to him, uh, at the end of the movie, I said, boy, I really wish we could do that first scene over again. Because I feel like I'm way better now than knowing nothing then right yeah. and honestly i think that's with any actor yeah. not even first time actors I, I think any actor who's on a film you could you could make a hundred right. movies and, get, and that first day is so different from the last day because yeah. on the last day of the movie you you totally get the character mm -hmm. you get Confidence, all the people yeah. around you like everything comes together yeah yeah and so on that first day you're just kind of like okay i Lost. think this is who this character is going to become <laughs> yeah. over the next three right weeks. right but, i hope yeah and by the end yeah. of, by the end of filming are you like Shaking out your arms, shaking out your legs, like moving your neck and being like, wait a minute. I think I was I'm going home no, and I'm not. I, I honestly was shaking out my brain because it was so, it was such a mental, I don't want to say struggle because it wasn't a struggle, but it was, it was taxing. And, right. And uh, there's so many emotions of everything, like questioning myself and this and that. And like, so it, it was mentally hard, uh, physically, only other than running up a hill, Ted. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was okay. But mentally, man, I don't, I don't know how people act for a living. Yeah, you really, <laughs> yeah, you were sad on that last day. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were, man. It was very hard. Wow. So you left going, like you left with a new appreciation oh, for that. Hundred percent. Um, I, I discovered the their industry from the ground up, you know, and it was fascinating. Because it's funny, because you kind of came in right to acting the way like. A Hollywood guy Come comes to, into to, wrestling, so, right. and they're so, like, yeah. "He hasn't paid his dues. Yeah, what do you like, mean? Yeah, not, you're not even auditioning. You're just the same like, thing. I'm just like, man, I'm just kind of walking. These guys are probably hot at me, and like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think some of the people on the movie, I won't name any names, might have been a little angry that I got some billions that I maybe shouldn't have. But <laughs> hey, we're just trying yeah. to sell movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is he doing the promo part? Yeah, sorry, well, sorry. <laughs> did you at any point like, like, was the whole visual good for you in your movie? Because the Luke Harper visual is the, scra is the giant beard and the scraggly hair and everything. And, and all, like, it's on a couple levels, right? Like, would the character look like this? And what am I going to do? Because that guy looks like Luke Harper in, right. like, a red coat. So what am I going <laughs> to do to make sure that this audience doesn't associate? You know, it's funny because throughout the process, you know, when, when I first saw the list of WWE talent and I was, I was like, oh, Harper would be awesome. This is great. 
And I, I was like, you know, he's got that big beard, and it's like totally looks like like a Civil War soldier. Right. And we had hired a historic consultant on the film. We, we there's a there's a historic producer on the movie who it was his job uh, um, to make sure everything was just completely accurate. And when we were showing him the cast, he, he saw the picture. He saw the picture of Harper, and he was like, so just so you know that like. We all think of the 1800s as like very beardy. Um, like, you, know, you, think of, like, you think of like like the Civil War. Everybody in the Civil War had a beard. Because what are they shaving? Like what do yeah. they got? Yeah. Like yeah. And but the thing was, just like now, it, it's kind of like the, you remember in the 80s, like mustaches were real popular, and it's like in the 90s, every, nobody had facial hair, and now beards are in. Right. But the thing was, during the War of 1812, nobody had beards. Oh no. <laughs> so it was like it was so it was like it was like no 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 beards became popular in like yeah, the 1830s. Yeah. And I was like I was like, "Well, one of our guys has a beard." And he was, he was like he was like, "But it's my job to be historically accurate." And I was like, "Well, you you want to go up to that guy and tell him to shave his beard?" I mean, he, so, he can, I would say please man i make a living only because i have this <laughs> <laughs> i need this yeah. beard but, but it's he, also like you always see like it's 2018 nobody has mullets anymore but you always see yeah. some guy with a mullet some guys right? rocking one so yeah, some guy exactly. had a beard a smart guys rocking a mullet <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no we 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 took that to heart and we just said we said okay so you know it's this Bro. it's this group of militiamen you know trapped in the woods they've been out there for a very long time and this guy has just, just grew give, a little faster yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's overnight it's the it's the meanest five o'clock shadow yeah. in the world <laughs> do you as there ever do, i mean as a guy are you desperate for the time when you was there any point like for when the you're, attention yes <laughs> oh time no when you when you were at home and you're like i'm gonna be at home for whatever it is seven eight months like are you thinking to yourself i should shave this beard because i can grow oh, back a never ever crossed my mind you love that uh, thing I, I it's literally a part of me and it got to the point where my wife doesn't say hey shave that or i don't like that it it's so far gone that she likes it now, so I win. And if you shaved it, it'd probably be like, who is this man? This yeah. is not the man my that I son, married. Both my sons would not recognize me. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, I remember when you were, I mean, before you got to WWE, mm -hmm. I remember you in the Hillbilly Wrecking Crew oh, in yeah. Jersey All-Pro. Oh, yeah. And, like, in my mind's eye, it's like, yeah, you had that scraggly beard and everything. But you look back at photos in, like, the DVDs and uh -huh. stuff then, and you're like, that didn't even look like no, the same well, that, dude anymore. So that's the thing. Like, when I grew, I grow a beard, I've never touched it. I've never cut it. I've never done anything except maybe for this movie. They cut a couple of hairs off, and I freaked out. It was, yeah. <laughs> we were, it was, we, we'd shot for like a week, and we, we had this we had this amazing makeup girl, uh, Gabby. And I remember she she came up, and she was like, she was like, you've got like one like, stray. Because no. it would like and I was stick like, out. And yeah, it was no. like this one that came straight out, and he, he was like, do whatever you can to not to cut it. <laughs> so I think they, I think I allowed two to be cut. Yeah. But honestly, is it like an OCD this, thing? Is it just like uh, I think it's just an insane thing. Right. So maybe yes. Right. right. <laughs> um yeah, if you just get near it it's a little iffy you know, now. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. You don't like <laughs> it being must with. No. Well the the idea it's too like of, Samson and his yeah, and his yeah. power. Yeah. C coming in and just saying like we're just going to take a little yes. bit off Ooh. here and Whoa. suddenly <laughs> half a mustache yeah. is missing. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Once you get started with trimmers or scissors, you know, Oh well, this is a little off. Now I got to well, even this, this out. Little off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, used, like, I used to do that. I used to try. Like, oh, let me just cut a little bit here. Oh, okay. Well, now I got to shave my face and start over. Yeah. Well, because I messed up. Guess we're doing the Fu Manchu then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, that's... Which I lived with. <laughs> and you do. You live yeah. with, and you live with your lessons, right? Every yes, time yes. you look in the mirror and go like, that's why that's we don't it. screw with things. So now this is like getting fat. You just do it. Right. <laughs> you we're don't doing have to, You don't have to think about it. Right. Yeah. Right. Just. My beard's fat. So the other thing that, uh, <laughs> the other, and I was just thinking about this, like literally for the first time today, I was like, well, 
you know, Luke Harper and Brody Lee, like, is looks the same aesthetically, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So, like, you always got to wrestle in a tank top and jeans. That's right. And this Bludgeon Brothers <laughs> run is the first time, right, that you've ever so, worn tights. Man, let me tell you. It's the first time I couldn't walk up to Walmart. Right. And just say, hey, I need my gear. <laughs> yeah, like I'm you, very sad. <laughs> you actually like you have to get gear yeah. now from so a gear guy. Also, I had to get in better shape because the gear's a little tighter. Right. Uh, yeah. So there's several things. Yeah. There's only so to, much a spandex yeah. shirt can cover. Right? I had to tie my hair to hide my bald spot. Like, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. So, but I actually love it. I love the look. Can the uh, can the Bludgeon Brother not have a bald spot? Uh, I'm I'm a, I mean they can. But you know, I like to not have one. I see. <laughs> I see. Right. And if you're and if you're wearing the right. Walmart's finest, right. but then, that's then not the first okay. thing you're then noticing. It's okay. yeah. Right, right. 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 But in, a guy in a nice like, gear? No, it doesn't right. fit. No, a guy who's like got professional real gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can't have a bald spot. Carrying around a, 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 insane. a mallet. Yeah, yeah, it can't happen. Yeah, carrying around a giant mallet. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> we we embrace the spot in the film too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, well that was, I, I, I know. several I several times asked them if they well, I have a couple so I asked them like, Hey, can you just cover that up and they're like well we, we think it's good for the cat i was like all right cool so whatever so it gets a little shine in the movie but then i did this show damnation and right. there's a scene that they fly in from behind me and i swear to god they did it just to show the entirety of my bald spot you're like god what are we what are we doing like they, yeah. they rented a crane <laughs> Just to They're show. like, just stand up here. And then I was like, oh, cool. What a shot. Yeah. And then I watched it. I was like, man, what a dirty move. <laughs> yeah. It's a TV show. We could pick any. It's yeah, like exactly. a full high budget TV. We could pick so any angle start we here. want. We're flying. Good. Right. Yeah. And, right. and see, since. since Plus, I'm going to look bigger from below 100%. anyway. What are we going from above? I'm very upset. Harper yeah, was six would feet be taller than everyone else on the set of Mohawk. <laughs> so we never really had to worry about being too high on you. I feel like. True, so. true. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody looked like ants like, exactly. him, like yeah. what is this i'm um, sorry i'm a freak <laughs> don't look at me sorry. we'll get back to luke harper in just a second because there's a lot to talk to him about but there's a lot to talk to you about and one of those things that i want to talk to you about is seat geek it's the one of the great sponsors that are a part of sam roberts wrestling podcast and a company that i would highly recommend that all of you take up on uh their products see Buying tickets to sports and concerts, uh, it ends up being complicated. It ends up being confusion, but there's a better way, and it's buying with SeatGeek. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. I'm scrolling through. I find out that Jay-Z and Beyonce are going to go on tour. Well, tickets aren't available yet, but I tell you this. The minute they become available, I'll be going to SeatGeek to find whatever is in my budget. Whether I want the best value ticket, whether I want uh, the just the best ticket, ticket in general, if I want to sit way up front, I don't care what I pay. I'll use SeatGeek. If I want to find the best value, meaning the, the, the one that is not going to break my bank, SeatGeek will do that. They grade every ticket. So you find out what you're getting based on what the cost is, and they take information from all of the places that you can get tickets from. You're not going to find a better deal than you find on SeatGeek because SeatGeek is giving it show it knows what all the deals are. It tells you how much these tickets are going for, where they're going for that, and how you are going to be able to get them at the best possible price. Download the app for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. The free the app is free. Download it and just start scrolling through. It's a lot of fun to just figure out what's out there. They have every WWE show you could think of. If you're going to New Orleans for WrestleMania, 
Anything that's on uh, that's that's on like a Ticketmaster thing, all of it is available on SeatGeek. Uh, if you want to get tickets to Ring of Honor, if you want to get tickets to NXT, if you want to get tickets to the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania, there's floor seats available right now for WrestleMania on SeatGeek. And the best part of all is if you're sitting there and you're going, I want those floor seats for WrestleMania, but they're about $20 too high. Don't worry about it. Because for listening to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, I'm going to get you $20 off your first order from SeatGeek. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM. If you download the SeatGeek app and you enter promo code SAM, they're going to take $20 off your first purchase. Whether it's a wrestling ticket, a comedy ticket, a sports ticket, a, 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 a concert ticket, whatever you want to see. I'm going to get you $20 off and SeatGeek is going to make sure you're sitting exactly where you want to sit and you're getting the best price for that ticket. Download the SeatGeek app. I keep saying app. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM. Get your $20 off and enjoy the product. And while you're enjoying things, let's go back to enjoying Luke Harper. What were you, uh, what was it like? So you're back from your injury, right? Mm -hmm. And you're back wrestling, but you're not on TV. Right. Do you know that, okay, that we're just building towards something, something's going to happen, or are you just like... I know nothing, right? honestly. Um, so that becomes the mental struggle on its own. And right. What, what's worse? What's worse, being at oh. home with this injury or being the Dark Match King? Man, that's a, that's a really good question. I don't know. So being the Dark Match King gave me gratification every, every Tuesday of, oh, okay, I still can do this and I'm still good at it. Mm -hmm. Being at home, I probably questioned that a little bit more. So I'll take the Dark Match King. Right. Uh, and I also was getting paid. So... But it be not being on TV, that's the goal of your entire career. Sure. And to not be featured and to not even have a, I guess, an outlet to get there right. was the, the struggle for me for the longest time. And then to get that outlet and to kill it and then to go back to where I was again and to have to go through it again, that's where the real struggle comes in because I know I belong there and not being there was... So, the, so, <laughs> so it's worse... It's worse not knowing if you still got it right. so, than knowing you still got it and just it's out of your control. To me, yeah, knowing because I know I'm good and I know I belong here. It's just they're not putting me there. Right. So whereas I, it, being at home, I didn't have the choice to even give them that option. Right. So and when you're not being used, do you like end up looking at the stuff like the Bray's doing and being like, are they hinting at a Wyatt reunion? Is there something going? Would I fit so, there? At that time, I didn't want a Wyatt reunion. I wanted just to do my own thing and, mm -hmm. and I thought I had it and that's black so, tank top Luke Harper, yeah, exactly. right? yeah black tank top uh bald spot hidden uh <laughs> so I thought I didn't want any part of that I wanted just to be my own thing and right. to suppress him and uh so they didn't have that in the plans and I thought I got to a certain level that they noticed and bought me another turn so to say with the bludgeon brothers right and and when you when you hear about this like Bludgeon Brothers concept because it's one of those concepts and literally the minute it mm -hmm. debuted I was like this is either going to go really right. bad or really really poorly right. you know I think a lot of people thought the Ascension was going to be like the next yep. great tag team so you see it on paper and you're like okay well you know I look great in that picture uh, <laughs> but then we put the gear on and uh, go show Vince and you know he says oh good <laughs> and then he says I'll see you later when we do the vignette and I said oh so he came personally to be to a part do, of the vignette. Yeah. So that's amazing. That was awesome. And then, um, so he was hands on from the get go, and that was so from going not being featured to have Vince McMahon hands on with your vignettes was uh, 
kind of like 180 right you know so it was (laughs) yeah there's lots of peaks and valleys and i think it also (laughs) like it's also about how seriously you take the character like Mm -hmm. you could easily if you weren't 100 percent there Mm -hmm. then i wouldn't believe it but like when i see you and rowan come out something about i don't know what it is so there was a time um a couple weeks ago we we had a match with two locals and i got really fired up and we were on the outside and i took the table apart and i threw it and I completely forgot that my man Rowan had another spot to do. He was going to squish these people. <laughs> but I threw it literally in his path. And, man, we get to the back, and I watched it back. And I was like, I, I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, that was awesome. And right then I knew. I go, you know what? Maybe we're supposed to be together. So, <laughs> you know, because, like, anybody else could have got pissed that I stepped on his toes. and Sure. But he just waited his turn, and it made it, it, made it better. Right. And, and he understood that, and I understood that, and... So, so right there, I was like, you know what? This is gonna work. When you have when you have a moment like you had with the I, I'm, the dude from Chikara who mm-hmm. who was a mm-hmm. well, who did the scream, scream yep. yeah. When you threw him <laughs> up, like, is that is it difficult for you to keep a straight face? Is it like, well, hey, so, bro, this is my what do you put so we, the attention on yourself for? We get to the back, yeah. and uh, somebody goes, hey, man, how about that scream? And Rowan turns to me and he goes, why'd you do that? <laughs> And I said, I don't know what anybody's talking about because I didn't hear it. So he heard it. I didn't hear it. He, like thought right it was, your head. he thought it was me. Yeah. And I'm confused. So then I watched it back and I was like, oh, that scream. <laughs> so I, I said, Rowan, that was me. He goes, oh, okay. He thought it was me. I said, man, I don't even think I could get that pitch. Yeah. <laughs> it would be great if that's what you guys did. You <laughs> never talked, yeah. but you just went, <laughs> whenever you did moves. You just did high pitch. Don't screams. say that too loudly, please, Sam. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. That's a great idea. No, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so you have to be optimistic about where the Bludgeon Brothers mm-hmm. are right now, especially based on Absolutely. what's been happening on SmackDown. Like, Yep. So looking at it, um, I was kind of in the same position last year in at the same exact time and didn't get the what I wanted, and that was that WrestleMania spot. So, again, me and Rowan have placed ourselves in position to make an impact of some sort at WrestleMania. So... That's again the goal. Yeah. Do you guys want to become good guys so you can sell mallets? Uh well I mean, it seems like a good idea to me. The thing about it is I don't really see good guys and bad guys. I just see two guys with giant mallets. Uh, so you can you can sell mallets right now. <laughs> of course. <Yeah. laughs> no problem. Have you seen uh, any of the any of the Bludgeon Brothers work? Well yeah. Well after <laughs> after having shot the film, I, I took took John aside and I was like, Well, I'm gonna have to start watching wrestling again. <laughs> and he was like, That's on you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I said that's a task. Go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of it. No, it's uh, ar- around my house. Just given the propensity for Mohawk to be on and me working on it and those sort of things, it's it it's very weird seeing Jonathan Huber in yeah. the movie and Harper on TV because. <laughs> It's completely different. Right. Like, it, it's it's a complete 180 in every capacity. See, I, a lot, everyone says that to me, and I, wanna, I, want, I want my wife to come over here for a second. Because oh, great. Because there was a time, do you remember when I didn't, couldn't find my keys? So there was, <laughs> I, I was going to the airport, and I couldn't find my keys, and she told me this is the scariest she's and ever just, seen me. All of a sudden, the house so, just went, dun, dun, do you dun, think dun, there's dun, a, dun, dun. Honey, is there a difference between Jonathan Huber and Harper? Not in that story. <laughs> Thank you. So, so, so I don't. I think it's there. It's just I don't know. I bury it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> There's no red lights on. I think I've known you to be. You. I've known you to be a very yeah. affable guy. Right. Right. 
but <laughs> I've never seen you lose your keys either. That, yeah, exactly. Well, I had to make a flight. <laughs> my, my wife has a 13-year-old cousin who's obsessed with WWE right uh-huh. now, and he's uh, he's aware of the fact that I made the movie with, with Harper, and he's always asking, he's, he's like, must have been really hard to direct him because he's probably like he's probably always like yelling at you and threatening you and like he ma- must have made like you know like made the other actors do what he wanted. And oh, I better say yeah, it was. Yeah, you better yeah, agree yeah. with him. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, he's brother. Tough. Yeah, he's tough. I was like, that's exactly what he was like. Yeah. He just took control of everything. Yeah. Right. Um, he wouldn't. He wouldn't talk. He just threatened to hit people. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's. Ted, is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? I'll do it again. We had uh, because of uh, because of John's knee injury. You know, we were always very careful oh when, when in the woods. Obviously, you know, it's like safety is such a huge concern, especially when you're out in the middle of nowhere. And they would ask me every time, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" I said, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." So, mm-hmm. and then there was one day where we there was a scene where the characters rush up this hill, and I think we shot it twice. We did it twice, and then from the bottom of the hill, they just hear, "Okay, reset one more time." <laughs> And I go, no, <laughs> no. And literally I look at my other actors because I think I'm messing up. I don't know. And I'm, they're, they're all just staring at me. And I go, I'm not doing it again. And so Ted goes, okay. Day, and then next day's over. I go, day's over. And I go, oh my God, did I just end the day? So meanwhile, the actors are like, hey man, thanks. Right. Because they're all pumped. They're done. But they you're don't run up a hill. You're worried you're I, making diva yes, demands. Like, yeah, well, John like rushes back down to me. He's like, oh man, I, did, I didn't think that meant that we were going to be all done. I'm really sorry. I just, my knees hurt. Meanwhile, my knee just really hurt and I didn't want to run up a hill again. He was like, my knee just hurts and I don't want you to think that. And I was, I was like, I, and you know, I'm I'm in the moment and all I'm thinking about is like getting everything in. And I was just like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure the previous take was fine. And I, I, walked, I walked away and later he was like, I thought. Thought I really pissed you <laughs> yeah. off. You just oh said oh it. yeah, I guess the previous take. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Hope it's good. It, it's fine. It's fine. And you just walked away. So. <laughs> and here's the thing: I don't know if us running is in the movie. Uh, um, a little bit of it. I think is. when we get to the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think. Uh, right. Okay, okay. There's like dust blowing and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like quick cuts, and we could have done that without running twice uphill. I think. No offense. No. <laughs> no. Nope. Not like that trailer. Yeah. Fine. Oh. Did you? Did you see? Have you you've watched the movie? I've watched it three times now. <laughs> Is it difficult for you to watch yourself in a movie, or do you enjoy it? So the first, so uh, we screened it at Fantasia, and I told Ted that he wanted me to come up and watch it in the theater. I said, "Yeah, no problem." I said, "But I need to see it before we get there because I can't be sitting there and just be. I'm not ready for to be with next to people." Gotcha. And, <laughs> so we got. Uh, he sent it to me, and we I watched it. Watched it with my wife. Watched it in the theater, and then I was like, "Man." Just seeing it made it all. I was like, Man, "This is this is great." It's like it's not difficult to watch, and it's it, it's almost it's amazing to see it come to fruition from what we were doing out in the woods. Yeah, on a, on a limited budget, not small budget. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just amazing to see the, the product that came out of that, and it, I'm super proud of it. Yeah, it's very very cool. I was I was fully expecting when I turned it on last night to watch ten minutes, get the gist, and be like, "Hey, saw your movie, guys!" But I actually watched <laughs> hey, the movie, which is well, with, without spoilers. I'm certainly glad you made it to the end because it, uh, <laughs> it, it certainly rises in intensity yes. as yes. the film goes on. Yes, so, it does. Yeah. And plus, I also like part of me was like, uh, "This isn't." Part of me was like, I just watch until. Part of me was like, a Luke Harper will die soon. That's what, that's what I was trying to say. Without so, when I got the call, right, instantly thought, hey, they need a big guy to kill a couple people and then be murdered <laughs> quickly, like right. probably the first. And I said, oh, whatever, you know, this is gonna be awesome. And then flipping the script sheet, 
another and i'm getting to like page 80 and i'm like man i'm still alive <laughs> you know so it wasn't it wasn't cookie cutter for what a guy like me would do so right and it it became it wasn't just an evil person i'm a guy with a moral compass who kind of is sees what is happening and yeah that was the other thing i liked it wasn't just like your face going yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. it's like oh it's actually yeah. like he acted in yeah. this movie well, and it's one of those things too where it's like we want everybody to be entertained by the film we want we want people to have a good time but it's also yeah, there's a story it, yeah it's it's a movie about the actual historic decimation of an indigenous people so you right. have to treat it with a certain level of respect and weight that it deserves and i myself being a white guy of european heritage right. like I, I understand the weight that's on me telling a story like this totally. and i want to treat it with like every ounce of respect i possibly can so on set that was something we constantly talked about you know a lot of the actors in it are, are first nations mm -hmm. aboriginal people from north america and we talked about the fact that it's like we're telling a story about, you know, your near extinction 200 years ago. So we're not going to play this up as camp. We're not right. playing this up as and, you know, when you've got a movie that's essentially, you know, a, a thriller, it's like you need to you need to walk that line. You know, it can be tricky. And I told we sh we showed it in Montreal and Fantasia and the star T.O. Horn brought a lot of her native family to watch it. And mm -hmm. they were very happy with it and very pleased with how it was treated. No. When you end up on the uh, inevitably, I feel like all the underutilized talent or <laughs> under whatever, underestimated whatever talent lists come out, you're always on those lists. Like I yeah, feel I like get, a, a, I get lots of tweets about it. Right, like a lot of people <laughs> like you. That's the thing. Like I, so when someone says you're you're underrated, I feel like I'm pretty well rated i i don't know like almost rated properly like right. i don't know <laughs> like i don't want to bring those expectations yeah, up much higher not too high uh but i guess it, when i do see that it it's cool to right me. you know why why wouldn't it be people right. recognize it and it's cool to me are you ready to uh i mean it's a really st stupid question because i feel like anybody everybody would ask you but are you ready to uh give any more explanation to your tweets well so today is thursday and it you is. know what that means so what does thursday mean to you uh, Thursday, Thursdays. Woo! Well, so that I wish I didn't ask you, but I did. <laughs> yeah, so that's what Luke. Harper well, there you go. You got your answer. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sitting there. Well, guys, to me it means something completely different. But you know, to you it means something else. And that's it's like a song lyric. It's mm -hmm. like I'll let the world decide. And I don't think that's a stupid question. Thank you. You're you're implying that my Twitter's stupid. No, I'm implying it's a stupid question on my behalf because who am I to be like, oh, I'm the only one that's going to ask good. you what is your tweet? Good, good explanation. You know, and that's that's <laughs> in, in, <laughs> any, anytime you anytime you tweet about mohawk, it like throws people, everybody. People get pissed. They, they freak out. Yeah, I get, I'll like, get like, 10 to 12. Wait, what's going They'll on? They'll say, what day is it? Right. When I'm trying to promote the movie. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to. I said, listen, you know, you know, I'll get there. Relax. So, <laughs> Don't worry, we'll do that yeah, one yeah. later. Yeah, Let yeah. me promote the movie that I'm working on. Where and how can people see mohawk? So. You want to handle it? Uh, it's uh, going to be available on uh, all VOD platforms. Uh, we recommend Excellent. people check it out on iTunes. Yes, um, and it's gonna iTunes be in, is the key. iTunes. It's going to be in select cinemas uh, starting March 2nd, which as of this recording is tomorrow. But yeah. Yeah, yeah well, excellent. Well, seek it out. Yes. Mohawk is the movie. Get it on right. iTunes wherever you are. Uh, and I appreciate both of you hanging awesome, out. Awesome, man. Thank you for hey. the time. Of yeah, course. Absolutely. Appreciate pleasure. It. Thank Thanks. you.
Many thanks to Luke Harper. He wrestles in a tank top, but right now it's a little chilly for a tank top. If you want to get warm and you want to look cool, get yourself a Not Sam hoodie. All the Not Sam stuff is available at NotSam.com. Right now, there's a little link that says store. You can get Not Sam lapel pins. You can get Not Sam hoodies, and they're exclusively available at NotSam.com. Beautiful, soft, medium weight hoodies, uh, screen printed. They're way too see them in person. They're absolutely gorgeous. Of course, while you're at NotSam.com, you can have access to this podcast. You can have access to my YouTube show, Sam Roberts Now. You can see some of the guests that have been on my serious show, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. It's a one-stop shop for everything Sam Roberts. Tons of free content and hoodies and lapel pins that say Not Sam on them if you want to get them right now over at NotSam.com. And while you're there, look for that link in the podcast section for Stitcher and sign up for Stitcher Premium at Stitcher.com slash NotSam if you don't want to go and find the link. And you can get access to Stitcher Premium, which includes Captive Audience, the show exclusively over there. It's my show where I sit down uh, with somebody who wouldn't normally be watching the wrestling shows that I'm so- showing them and try to explain it to them. I, I, we, in real time, my wife and I watched Uncensored 95 and tried to explain to my wife why I still loved wrestling. This week in real time, I watched WrestleMania 9 with my dad, who hadn't seen it since I watched it as a kid. NotSam.com is the place to be for all of that stuff. If you want captive audience, Stitcher.com slash NotSam. Let's move on with the show, okay? We ready? Here is Sam Roberts. Luke Harper is just a gem, is he not? Uh, Very, very cool to have him on the show. I'm interested in what you guys thought of it, so go ahead and tweet me. Uh, You don't get to hear Luke Harper being, uh, being the man. Luke Harper all that often, and a cameo from his wife. That's pretty cool, if you ask me. Uh, so check out his movie uh, and keep cheering for him and buying those foam mallets whenever they finally come out. Uh, speaking of uh, buying things, you'll be able, this isn't an ad, by the way. This is an announcement. Uh, I'm just excited to say. Uh, you'll be able to buy uh, things at Fastlane, and I'll be at Fastlane. It's just a segue. No advertisement. I'm going to be on the pre-show for Fastlane coming up this weekend, Sunday night on the WWE Network starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. The last, I believe, the last SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view. There's a lot that I'm looking forward to, and I'll get into it on the State of Wrestling. And I definitely have some opinions that I don't care if I have to shoehorn my way in. They're going to be heard on this pre-show. So tune into the pre-show on the WWE Network or WWE's YouTube channel for Fastlane uh, as I will be one of the panelists. Uh, and it's uh, it's definitely an interesting time. I think the lead-up to WrestleMania, while in some ways has been predictable, really has not. There's a lot to talk about in the state of wrestling, what's going to happen at Fastlane, and how what happened on SmackDown is going to lead us there. Uh, news on the All In show, uh, of course... Uh, all the stuff coming off of Raw and the Ronda Rousey thing. I don't want to spoil too much of what my top five items will be this week in the state of wrestling. So I think our best bet is to just go to it right now. It being the state of wrestling. Pronouns, pal. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. And we welcome you to the State of Wrestling. So you may be able to tell from the audio quality that this is not, I don't know if I want to say quality, the sound, that this is not the sound that you're used to hearing. We are not in the Not Sam studio today, which is making me really feel like a fish out of water. When you have your own studio, the last thing you want to do is be anywhere else 
on the entire planet. But sometimes you have to. I am in Manhattan. There's a blizzard going on. So uh, I'm here in a hotel room trying to avoid the morning commute tomorrow so I can make sure that I get into work in time for the show on Sirius XM. So because of that, it's Wednesday, and I cannot... I'm, I don't have access to the Not Sam studio. It's a blizzard away from me in beautiful Westchester, New York. So in the meantime, we'll be doing it right here. But I figured, you know, I once did the State of Wrestling in the maternity ward days after my son had been born. So if I have to do State of Wrestling in a hotel, I have to do State of Wrestling in a hotel. Let's get to the stories. Top five stories of the week, as always, here in the State of Wrestling. Um, well, first, before we get into the top five stories, there are a couple things that aren't in the top five stories, but I kind of wanted to cheat and give honorable mentions to, of course. Uh, and, and that's because a lot of them are rumors. So first we'll say... You know, I do just want to mention that I am aware of what the Velveteen Dream is doing in terms of using Twitter and social media to help build uh, a story and a reason for being uh, as far as a match goes between him and Ricochet, and I just love it. You guys know, uh, if you listen to the podcast, I'm a long-standing advocate for using social media, for guys using social media to push their storylines forward. I mean, most recently, I guess, most recently, we saw, I think it was the the Miz and Baron Corbin, maybe must have been Survivor Series or something. I think it was the Miz and Baron Corbin uh, doing it because I believe I talked to the Miz about it when he was on the radio show. But when you start incorporating social media, all of a sudden people think it's real. You know, social media... In general, if you want to say that wrestling's fake, social media is just as fake as wrestling. The, the wars that happen, the feelings that you get. If you do something in public and you look to social media to get a reaction for what it is, that is a piece of the reaction. But a lot of people look at it as if it's hardcore facts. And in a way, it's the new wrestling. And it's certainly good because it helps us suspend our disbelief it doesn't really it shouldn't trick most of us and I don't think it does trick most of us into thinking that something is real when it's not but it certainly makes it so that we start suspending our disbelief a little more if somebody is making a twitter video shouting somebody else out all of a sudden we care because this is how we communicate in 2018 this is real life twitter is real characters don't use twitter this is a guy on his phone shouting out another dude this must be real life and you could say, you know, NXT isn't seen by nearly as many people as Monday Night Raw is, and that's true, but Twitter is. Social media is. So Velveteen Dream using that, especially on the heels of what had happened between Booker T and Corey Graves, what it, what has happened between many people on Twitter, some of it being real, some of it being not real. I think it's the perfect place, and I, for one, am through the roof. I love the idea of Ricochet's first big match in NXT being at the WrestleMania TakeOver show in New Orleans against Velveteen Dream. I mean, as far as NXT goes, that's a dream match. If you can somehow, if you can figure out, like, let's just say, okay, if we watch NXT, where is the title match going? What can we predict it's going to be? Probably, if I had to guess right now, I would say you're looking at Aleister Black versus Sienna Almas. And I don't read the NXT spoilers, so I would say Aleister Black versus Sienna Almas you're probably looking at the finale of the Dusty Tag Classic, which, you know, who knows what that's going to be. 
Um, and then hopefully they can figure out a way without making it cheesy to put together some kind of unsanctioned uh, Chiampa versus Gargano match because I think that's something we've all been waiting for. And then to also have Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream, you're looking at, at show of the weekend right there. It's going to be tough to beat, even with WrestleMania and Ring of Honor, which is running Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega. That's an NXT show that sounds tough to beat. Although, I don't think anybody could do it. Uh, as far as the rumors go, uh, uh, as of this recording, it was just talked about that uh, where Dumb from UFC is going to be meeting with WWE to try to work out some kind of deal where he can fight in both WWE and UFC. Um Maybe he's the guy to do it, maybe he's not, but I don't think that that's a bad idea to try to get some of that UFC star power into your organization. And I I think it could work out beneficially for both brands. You know, I think if that were to happen, the minute that guy walks onto WWE TV, he's doing a commercial for UFC. But if he's doing both at the same time, the minute he walks onto UFC TV, he's doing a commercial for WWE. Can this WWE guy still win in the UFC? Well, that's a commercial for WWE. So I think business-wise, uh, it's a good deal. Speaking of business-wise, there are rumors that Monday Night Raw, which contract is up with USA, may move to Fox um, and end up on broadcast TV, that SmackDown would end up on Fox Sports 1 and Raw would end up on the Fox broadcast channel, Fox 5 here in New York. But wherever you are, it would, it would match up with your uh, state's Fox channel. Here in America, that's a very, very big deal. The idea that Raw would be on broadcast TV and not cable for the first time is massive, especially a broadcast channel, station, whatever, syndicated network that's as big as Fox. Now, the traditionalist in me hates the idea of Raw not being on USA. I hated when Raw was on whatever it was at that time, Spike TV or the National Network or whatever it was. I hated when Raw was not on USA, and simply for the reason that since I'm a little kid, WWE has been on the USA Network. So for the traditionalist in me, I really hope that Raw stays on USA. But, you know, for a guy who wants to see this company be as big as possible, it's tough to imagine a bigger deal than Raw getting on network TV. And you'd in all likelihood end up shortening Raw to two hours, which I think would be good for all of us and for creative uh, in terms of the stories that are being told. And the last rumor is uh, talk of a Cruiserweight Tag Team Championship being added to that division on 205 Live. I think it's a good idea uh, in the sense that if you want to develop that brand and make it a touring brand and make it stand out on its own, then I think a Tag Team Championship is a good thing. Uh, I do think, and, and I saw, I think the Hurricane posted this on social media, and I actually spoke to a person about this months ago inside WWE, and I don't know if he wants me to say who it is, but he said he, he it, it was the first time I had heard the idea was from him. This was a couple months ago, talking about not having a tag team championships, but a trio championships uh, for the Cruiserweights just to make them stand out and do six-man tags for those titles, and I think the trio championships is the way to go. If I'm, if I'm doing stuff over with 205 Live, I think making it as different as possible is a good thing, and I think a trio championship would be the way to differentiate it. All right, let's get into the top five stories that we can spend a little time on. First, up to bat, and again, these are, uh, once again, in no particular order, uh, they it's they end up being more my narrative for this State of Wrestling segment than what was really 
the most important story because, that, again, that's up to opinion anyway. But uh, we'll start with Fastlane and the lead-up to Fastlane. You know, I thought it was a little strange that they gave us the Fatal 5-Way on SmackDown. On one end, I definitely see how it could get us excited about the Fastlane match and the and the six-way match that we're going to see. And it's not giving it away because John Cena is such a huge element in that match. Like, in, in only two weeks, I think that SmackDown has done a very, very good job of making John Cena a, a hugely important part of that match. You know, sometimes when John Cena gets added to matches, like at Survivor Series, it's cool for star power, but it doesn't necessarily add anything to the story. I think with the story they're telling with John Cena, it has really added a tremendous, tremendous amount to Fastlane and to the match itself. So I wasn't so put out by it. I just thought it was a a little bit of an odd choice. Um, I think that I think that it'll be uh, it'll be good. Now I'm seeing here on WWE.com that Fastlane has Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton for the United States Championship. And I guess I thought it was a triple threat unless I missed something on SmackDown. I was under the assumption that it was a triple threat match at Fastlane, but maybe it's not. It's saying Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton, which I would imagine Jinder Mahal will interrupt if he's not part of the match. Um, So anyway, leading up to Fastlane, um, I thought SmackDown definitely did a good job of telling that story, especially coming off of a Raw where everybody's already talking about WrestleMania. In the last two weeks, SmackDown has done a good job of making Fastlane feel important and feel in some ways can't miss. It definitely feels like it's not just a speed bump on the way to WrestleMania. Fastlane feels like we're going to get questions answered. It feels like if you watch Fastlane, the picture for what WrestleMania is going to look like will become much more clear. Now, the article that I'm reading about Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton was posted on February 20th. So I be- I do think that that match, I thought the match was turned into a triple threat, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys can yell at me on Twitter. Um, you've got the tag match that was made this week on SmackDown, the women's tag between uh, Naomi and Becky versus Natalia and Carmella. First of all, I thought Carmella was great on SmackDown this week. I thought just I, she's really coming into her own as far as her character and 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 wrestling as her character, which I think is really, really important. But I get a feel for who Carmella is, whether she's doing promos or not. I get a feel for who Carmella is while she's doing these matches, which not I don't get for everybody. So I think she's doing a tremendous job of that. It felt like some of the matches that were made on SmackDown this week were maybe placeholders, although we'll talk about the women in a minute, actually. Because uh, I I personally believe that there's no way that AJ leaves Fastlane not the champion. I, I think that that match, as much as... I think we're getting a lot of red herrings from John Cena. So John Cena on Raw set up a scenario where we're going to have a Nakamura, AJ Styles, John Cena triple threat match for the WWE Championship. And you heard the way the crowd reacted. I think it's really, really obvious that Nakamura versus AJ Styles for the championship at WrestleMania is a match that the WWE Universe has wanted for at least nine months. I mean, I first really 
feel like that started to snowball or right around Money in the Bank last June when you had AJ Styles and Nakamura end up eye to eye. I think that that's where that started to people started to figure that out in their heads. Um, and then as soon as AJ Styles won, that was the first thing that everybody was asking for. So I can't imagine a WrestleMania where it's not AJ Styles versus Nakamura one-on-one. And I think that John Cena presenting the option where AJ Styles cashes in on his rematch, and he's already... So John Cena is a guy, is the character in his head has already fast-forwarded. He said, okay, I didn't win the Royal Rumble, so that plan is scrapped. Okay, I didn't win Elimination Chamber, so I thought it was going to be me and Brock Lesnar. That plan is scrapped. Okay, I'm not getting the Undertaker match, so that plan is scrapped. Okay, so now I'm going to create this new plan where it's a triple threat match, and this is a big WrestleMania match, and I'm going to have my moment. And I think at the end of Fastlane, that plan is going to be scrapped. No doubt in my mind John Cena is going to wrestle at WrestleMania. If I had to put money on something, I would probably put the Undertaker match back on the table. If I had to guess, I would say that's the match that you're going to get. But I I am loving the story that is being told on the way to the Undertaker match. Um, And I I, I think that – so here's what I think coming off of that five-way. I'm not sure – or six-way. I'm not sure where Dolph and Baron Corbin end up. I think AJ Styles ends up winning and going on to WrestleMania to face Nakamura. I think John Cena ends up with The Undertaker. And I believe – As I was watching SmackDown, I got the sinking sensation that because you don't necessarily have anything else for them yet, I think at WrestleMania, we're going to see a Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens match. That, and honestly, that's probably the match that I would present if I were in charge of SmackDown, is Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, and unlike Every other Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens match. You say, we've seen that a hundred times. The story's been told. That's certainly a fight forever match. You know, that's a match that nobody's ever going to get tired of. And for the first time, at least in WWE, I think that this match should be the start of Sami's big heel run as a singles. And that means not being on the same side as Kevin Owens. Even if it means Kevin Owens takes a a little bit of a a babyface turn, it might happen, but what I would do is, I, I think Kevin Owens is too valuable of a heel to turn him full good guy. So what I would do is, between Fastlane and WrestleMania, tell this story between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I would make it very clear that while neither of them are really good guys, Sami Zayn is the batter of the bad guys. And Sami Zayn's probably the one that you can get people to boo more easily anyway. People love Kevin Owens too much. Um, I think that Sami Zayn has been so good as a bad guy over the last several months. It's the best work he's done on the main roster, in my opinion. And I think that him getting a cheap victory, cheating to win, whatever he has to do to beat Kevin Owens at WrestleMania is the story that we all need, is the story that we all want to see. Coming off of WrestleMania, I would separate them again. I would find some something new for Kevin Owens to do. And I would set Sami Zayn on a course to be a real bad guy. I would, I would, if it were me, I would have Sami Zayn as the first opponent for either AJ Styles or Nakamura, probably AJ Styles. I would have Sami Zayn be the next person in line for a WWE Championship opportunity. Um, And I would have him as the bad guy. And I think AJ Styles is a good guy champion versus Sami Zayn 
as a bad guy, credible contender, to me, that's compelling. So that's where I would go with those six. John Cena has his spot. I would put Sammy and Kevin together. And I don't exactly know where Dolph and, and Baron Corbin end up. Somewhere, but I, I don't know exactly where. Uh, you got your women's title match, which I love. I mean, I think it's going to be more of an exhibition. Like, I don't think there's any question that Charlotte's going to win. Um, but I think it's it's really cool that we're going to get to see Ruby Riot in the position that she's in. Fastlane is going to be the moment that Ruby Riot proves whether or not she is truly uh, a, a leader, right? We watch her as the leader of the Riot Squad, and we accept it because she's such so good with promos, and she's been great in the ring so far, but she hasn't really displayed what she can do. And I think at Fastlane, while Charlotte will retain, we'll develop a new appreciation for why Ruby Riot is the leader of the Riot Squad. I think that that's that's what we're gonna see. In this match, the tag match I mentioned before, the women's tag match, you know, I, I think you'll probably let the good guys win that. It'll just be a moment for the good guys to win. I'll tell you, the U.S. title match, again, I'm confused by. I, if it's a triple threat, which I thought it was, I would put Jinder Mahal as leaving with the United States Championship and heading into WrestleMania. Um, but if it's Randy Orton versus, and I'll have to do my little research, if it's Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode singles, then I think Jinder Mahal is going to get involved and cost uh, Randy his first opportunity at the United States Championship. Uh, you got Nakamura versus Rusev, which at first I was like, okay, just kind of a whatever match. But to me, it's kind of a brilliant match because Rusev is like one of the top good guys in the company right now. People love cheering this guy. And while I think he's going to end up as a good guy, they obviously want to keep him as a bad guy. And the best way you could keep Rusev as a bad guy is to put him in there with somebody who can make him feel like a bad guy, and that is Nakamura. People are going to cheer Nakamura over Rusev as much fun as they have with Rusev. And, you know, it's it's a nice victory for Nakamura to get leading to WrestleMania, which Nakamura uh, could definitely use. He doesn't need, but it's helpful. Um, and then, uh, finally, that tag match, New Day versus Usos. Uh, I believe this will be the last time you see those two. I think that after WrestleMania, the New Day is going to break up. Uh, but I think they're going to tear the house down. I think this one's going to steal the show. Um, I think they're going to give everybody something to remember. And I think the Usos come out on top uh, in this match. And I think the story is now going to be told. I think you're going to transfer the Usos into being full-fledged good guys and underdogs as they defend their title against the Bludgeon Brothers, I hope, at WrestleMania. I think it would be a good story. So let's talk about the women as we move forward into story number four on our countdown this week. And that's uh, what happened uh, on Raw with Asuka, with Nia Jax, with Alexa Bliss. So the story right now is that Asuka has beaten Nia Jax twice now. And Alexa Bliss is encouraging Nia Jax to... Uh, win these matches, or or to to beat up Asuka, and is really on Nia Jax's side, but anybody who knows Alexa knows that that's just because she wants Nia Jax to damage her WrestleMania opponent. Now, we saw 
a very sympathetic side of Nia Jax on Raw when she's uh, when she's crying her eyes out about the stuff that she's had to go through. We also saw a Nia Jax that we wanted to cheer for when she would not tap out to that Asuka armbar and even took the moment in the ring after the match to acknowledge the cheers that she was getting, right? We had Alexa Bliss with her, even though Alexa Bliss is a baddie of a bad guy, but still getting sympathy for Nia Jax. Asuka's not got any less sympathy. Asuka look like a bad guy here. So what's the story here? What's the story with Nia Jax? What's the story with Alaska, Alexa and Asuka? And what's going on on SmackDown with the women's champion? There isn't a clear story at WrestleMania for Charlotte. Let me ask you this. It has been made mention multiple times that Alexa Bliss has to worry about Asuka. Uh, the, the story has been told that Asuka's got Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. Asuka's got the champion at WrestleMania. What have you seen for Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns? What have you seen for Triple H and Stephanie versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey as of this week? WrestleMania graphics. Graphics for those matches. What have you not seen for Asuka versus Alexa Bliss? There's been no graphic. What have you not heard from Asuka? At no point has she actually declared that she's going after the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. At no point has she actually challenged Alexa Bliss and declared that that's the title she's going after. At the Royal Rumble, she didn't get to pick a champion because she was interrupted by Ronda Rousey. And it's simply she has not addressed the question since then. So, this is what I would do. This is what I'm thinking. This is where we lead. At Fastlane, if I'm in charge, at Fastlane, I'm sitting there and uh, I've got Charlotte Ruby Riot. And Charlotte is going to work her ass off and Charlotte's going to get beat up. Eventually, she's going to beat Ruby Riot with that figure eight. Ruby's going to tap out, but Charlotte is going to go through war to retain that title. Leaving Ruby looking strong, leaving the Riot Squad with a strong leader, and leave, leaving Charlotte as looking Wow, anybody else would have lost to Ruby, but Charlotte is something special. Now, as soon as that match is over, whose music hits? Nope, not Carmella's, even though she's got that money in the bank briefcase. It's going to get cashed in soon. We're only a couple months until June uh, when it expires. But, boom, 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 boom. Asuka. Asuka comes out at Fastlane. Right under the nose of Stephanie McMahon and Kurt Angle, who are distracted with their own thing. And Asuka challenges Charlotte. She doesn't even have to say anything. Asuka walks out. She looks at Charlotte, who's just gone through war. She points at Charlotte. She points at the WrestleMania sign. It's Asuka versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. I know a lot of people are like, well, Ronda versus Charlotte is the match we want to see. No way. And I'll explain to you why as we continue into the state of, in the state of wrestling. Asuka versus Charlotte is the match. There's no way, no way you can convince me that any story has been told where Alexa Bliss has the ability to beat Asuka. No. Asuka is unbeatable, and Charlotte is the star of the women's division. That is the dream match. That is the uh, immovable force. Uh, irresistible force versus the immovable object. Asuka versus Charlotte is the match you can't call. And Asuka and Charlotte have gotten to even touch each other because they're on two separate rosters. 
Asuka needs to challenge Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Then there's a panic going on on Raw because Kurt Angle and Stephanie McMahon have been distracted. Stephanie's going to accuse Stephanie say, you know, Kurt Angle sleeping and let this happen. Kurt Angle's going to say Stephanie's been sleeping on it and let this happen. That continues their war. That continues to fuel the fire we saw set on Monday Night Raw between Triple H and Stephanie and Ronda Rousey and Kurt between Stephanie continues through this issue. Now, where does that leave Alexa Bliss? That leaves Alexa Bliss with the match that all of us want to see. That leaves Nia to turn around and say, I'm not doing your dirty work anymore, Alexa. I want that championship. And it's Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. No triple threats, no fatal four-ways, no battle royals. The women of the WWE are represented at WrestleMania in these ways. Asuka versus Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Stephanie and Triple H. And in the ultimate grudge match, Sasha Banks versus Bailey. Now, if we want to include more women, we've got room on the pre-show for that. If we want to put, you know, four SmackDown women versus four Raw women, put them on the pre-show. If we want to just do, you know, since Raw's got that extra match with Sasha and Bailey, if we want to do, you know, Natalia versus Naomi, if we want to do Becky versus versus Carmella, whatever you want to do. Have Carmella put her Money in the Bank briefcase on the line. Put that on the pre-show. But I'll tell you what I would do with Carmella. You want Carmella heat? How about this? Asuka's got to lose her undefeated streak at some point, okay? If I'm running things, Asuka wins the SmackDown Championship from Charlotte, and Carmella comes out at the end of the match and cashes in and beats Asuka. Carmella leaves WrestleMania as the women's champion, and Asuka gets her first defeat in a cheap way. Asuka moves to SmackDown. The feud rages on between Carmella and Asuka, and eventually, maybe a year from now, we finally get our Charlotte versus Asuka rematch. That's the way I. That's the picture I paint. That's how I feel about what's going on with the women. That's that's exactly what I would do with all of those people because I think the the elements are right there for that story. But if I walk in to the to the writers' room today and go, where do we go from here? That's exactly where I go with the women from here until WrestleMania. Now. We'll move on off of the WWE briefly for story number three in our State of Wrestling Top 5 Stories of the Week countdown. And we'll talk about All In. Uh, it was announced, and I, I hope to be covering All In uh, plenty because I think that the All In show is just an amazing feat for professional wrestling. The All In show is the challenge that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks accepted, technically from Dave Meltzer, who said it would, couldn't be done with Ring of Honor. Um, to put on a show in front of 10,000 people. It is being funded by the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. Apparently there are also uh, mysterious mystery investors. Hope that turns into a storyline, although I doubt it will be. But they're already talking, of course, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and, and you know, everybody in the elite, I'm sure, is going to be involved in All In. I would imagine a lot of guys from New Japan are involved. I would hope a bunch of guys from the indies, you know, who knows? All In should be the marking of what can happen in pro wrestling outside of WWE. And I love that it's being 
put on by actual wrestlers. I just think it's a really special thing and something that would only happen in the time that we are living in. So, what is the news about it this week? It was announced where it will be. And just as I suspected, because honestly, I can't remember, somebody described on this podcast, somebody described Pro Wrestling Tees as like the new NWA in the sense that it's bringing all of the organizations that are not WWE across the world at this point together as a singular organization. And I think that's true. Um, of course, Pro Wrestling Tees has put their their branches into the ground in Chicago uh, with Colt Cabana over there too. And uh, it has now been announced that All In will take place in Chicago, September 1st. September 1st in Chicago, and I am already planning on being there. Flying out to Chicago, buying myself a ticket. I'm not worried about media. I'm not worried about covering. I'm not worried about having a role. I am simply hoping. I'm not hoping. I'm definitely doing it. I don't care if I have to use SeatGeek. I am going to go to that show. God forbid anything should happen that stop me. My plan right now is to fly to Chicago for September 1st. I'll check the day of the week right now as we speak. I will check the day of the week. I'm assuming it's a weekend because I would hope the elite wouldn't make it more difficult on me. Uh, September 1st is, oh, it's a Saturday. Look at what you did. It's the Saturday before my birthday, September 1st. I fully intend on being in Chicago that weekend and enjoying this show because I think it's just going to be an amazing thing. And we'll continue to talk about it as more news comes from the crew of, uh, of the elite and the guys putting on All In. But I just think it's a spectacular thing. Let's move to segment two. And I would imagine that story number one and story number two this week, which are very similar to story number one and story number two last week, will have spots on the top five countdown here in the state of wrestling leading towards WrestleMania for most weeks. So story number two is the Roman Reigns segment on Raw this week with Paul Heyman. And I got to tell you, Paul Heyman delivered what he delivered convincingly. I believed what he was telling me. You know, I drank the Kool-Aid. I thought, uh, you know, Paul Heyman can execute a promo. He's It's amazing. But to me, the best promos are there because there is an element of truth in them. An element of truth that helps tell your story. It's not truth for the sake of truth, but they find a way to tell a story while telling the truth. So again, it enforces this thing that it's storytelling, but it's kind of real too. That's why Roman Reigns' promo was so good last week. And I've got to tell you, Paul Heyman's promo about Brock Lesnar and the Universal Championship, it didn't hold water. It didn't make any sense. Paul Heyman was talking about what it takes to be the Universal Champion. He was talking about uh, the pressure. He was talking about the fact that uh, if your dad is sick, you still have to leave him and go defend the title. You have to go and defend the title because the Universal title needs defending and blah, 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 blah. You can't cut that promo for a guy that only defends the Universal title once every three months. You That is not a response. You got called out a week ago for not showing up. Not you, Paul Heyman. But your champion got called out for not showing up. Your champion is getting called out for being there. And your response is to say that in order to be the universal champion, you need to sacrifice. Brock's not sacrificing. He ain't showing up. The real message behind that promo is why doesn't Brock have to show up? You know, and maybe maybe that promo was just done because it gives Roman Reigns something to work off of. It can make Roman Reigns look stronger, and I'm, I'm cool with that. But as just a fan watching, I'm going like, no, that's not true. This one's not true, Paul Heyman. 
Roman Reigns is right. And I got a weird feeling when WWE started promoting there's going to be a... Like, why as a fan should I believe you that there's going to be a face-to-face encounter between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns next week? As a fan, why should I believe that? You told me two weeks ago that was going to happen. It didn't happen. Or, you know, you know, last week. You told me that was going to happen. It didn't happen. And I wish that that was acknowledged more in the hype towards this. Like, I wish Roman Reigns had said, and I guess they want the ratings, so they don't want people to doubt that Brock will be there, but that damage was already done to a week before this one. Last week, I guess, is how you would say that. <laughs> um, yeah, that damage was already done. You know, when Brock didn't show up and it was explained to us, the audience at home, that he no-showed, the idea that Brock might no-show becomes a thing. So I think Roman should have said, tell him not to come ready for a promo. Tell him to come ready for a fight if he even shows up at all. Have the commentators say, we are scheduled to have a Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns face-to-face next week if Brock shows up. And I don't think that that's going to hurt viewership, you know, because I think now... Now there's an if question. Now we're tuning in to see if Brock shows up at all. You know, because I think Brock still has to answer. The audience still wants, you know, not that Brock is actually going to answer to the audience, but the audience still wants an answer from Brock. The audience wants to know, Brock, why didn't you show up two weeks ago? Brock, why did you no-show Raw? If you're this defending champion, if you're this guy who takes the honor of being the champion, if you're this guy who answers to the championship, Paul Heyman painted a picture of a guy that answers to the championship, of a guy that while he answers to no one because he's Brock Lesnar, answers to the championship. So if you answer to the championship, then why didn't you answer to the championship when the when the championship wanted to be answered to. You know, uh, Paul Heyman said that at the Raw, after WrestleMania, the champion needs to be on Raw because the championship needs to be displayed. Okay, well, at the Raw, after Elimination Chamber, when we find out who the number one contender going into WrestleMania is, the championship needs to be put on display. The champion needs to be there. It's the same exact scenario. But Brock wasn't there. And that's why, to me, the promo didn't hold water. And I just wish that Roman had sunk his teeth into that a little bit more. You know, and it got a little weird. All the bitch stuff got a little weird for me in the promo when, you know, Paul Heyman is like, that is, the the championship is Brock Lesnar's bitch. And and his bitch is in, with him and you can't take his bitch away from him. And like I was like, what are we, what are we talking about here? Because, like, I guess we're, we're we talking about women? Because if we're talking about women, now you're talking about them as property. Like, I, it was just weird. It was it, it was it was a weird choice for me. And I do wish that Roman had gone after Paul Heyman and talked again about how, yeah, Paul, you're right. Paul, you're right about the Universal Championship. That is a huge weight to hold on somebody's shoulder, no pun intended. That Universal Championship does need to be on display all the time. That Universal Championship needs to take precedence over a man's family. It needs to take precedence over a man's paycheck, Paul. That Universal Championship needs to be on Raw every week, and Paul Heyman, it isn't. When a number one contender gets announced for WrestleMania, that Universal Championship needs to be on Raw, and Paul Heyman, it wasn't. And you tell me why. 
Is it because your universal champion doesn't care about the universal championship? Or is it because your universal champion is scared of the big dog, Roman Reigns? Tell me why, Paul. There you go. That's my promo. That's my promo because there's truth in it. Because what Paul Heyman said wasn't true. It didn't apply to Brock Lesnar. In fact, what Paul Heyman said applies more to Roman Reigns than it did to Brock Lesnar. The night after WrestleMania, yeah, the Universal Champion needs to be on Raw, but so does the guy who ended the Undertaker uh, or or who beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and that was Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is on Raw every week, unless he's suspended. So, what do you got? You know, and that's 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 what I would bring up if I were Roman Reigns and hammer home that he's there, night in, night out. It's not a special treat when Roman Reigns is at a live event. He's at the live events. If you're watching a Raw brand live event, you're seeing Roman Reigns. It's not a special treat where you'll get to see Roman Reigns for 35 seconds every two months, Paul. You're going to get to see Roman Reigns work his ass off night in, night out, in every town. You know, that's the promo I want to hear from Roman Reigns, and hopefully we will hear that from him. We hear more of that and less of the, like, you're a bitch. I'm not a bitch. You're a bitch. And that's not your bitch. You're my bitch. Like, we can only go so far with the bitch stuff, I think. Uh, and finally, story number one is the Ronda Rousey segment. And I'll tell you this. I don't think the Ronda Rousey segment was as bad as some people say it was. You know, I think it had its moments. I don't have a problem with Ronda's angry face. You know, I don't think that Ronda is is that bad some people are like she can't act she shouldn't be in there she's no good but I don't think that that's fair I don't have a problem with Rhonda's angry face um Rhonda's timing needs a lot of work in terms of the promos I mean when she announced that she wanted Stephanie McMahon as her opponent that needs a lot of work I mean I I want to see but so does Kurt like I thought Kurt was better this week on Raw than he has been in a lot of weeks and I can see as we build up towards WrestleMania how we may see some greatness out of Kurt Angle again. I'm optimistic for it. But, like, I want to see, I do not want to see Triple H get the advantage over Kurt Angle because that doesn't prove anything to me. There is, if I'm watching, if I've been watching Raw over the last year, which I have, no part of me believes that Kurt Angle can beat up Triple H. No part of me believes that. I watched what Triple H did to Seth Rollins. He didn't beat Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, but he had a competitive match with him. You know, no part of me thinks that Kurt Angle could do that. I want the ECW Kurt Angle to show up again. Like, your boss punched you in the face, dude. You're an Olympic gold medal wrestler. You got punched, you got sucker punched by your boss. You need to get in his face. You need to bring up the fact that you've made out with his wife before. Let's go back to the early 2000s. Let's talk about all of it. Let's talk about... Triple H holding Kurt Angle down. Is it true? What difference does it make? We can tell that story. Let's talk about the fact that Triple H was afraid to let Kurt Angle be successful when he was first in the WWE. Is it true? Who cares? You can make a fan believe it. And I want Kurt Angle to get angry. I want him to get in Hunter's face. I want all of us to be afraid of Kurt Angle. Remember when he'd come to the ring in the mouth guard with the mouth guard? And he's like foaming? And you believe that Kurt Angle could beat up anybody? He's not far away from that. He can get there. I want Kurt Angle to come out, and I want to believe that he can beat up anybody. 
I want to believe that he's the last guy that I would want staring at me at WrestleMania because, quite frankly, at this moment, I would rather face Kurt Angle than face Seth Rollins. And if Triple H had to face Seth Rollins last year at WrestleMania, this year's not going to be tough for him unless the old Kurt Angle shows up. And he could. He could. There were shades of the old Kurt Angle. I love that Kurt Angle got some offense in this week on Raw, but he needed more offense. You know, I, I could have used not having any offense from Triple H this time. Not leading up to WrestleMania. I don't want to see Triple H get his ass kicked every single week leading up to WrestleMania. But just this week. Just this week because we need a reminder. Because Kurt Angle has had no authority as a, as a, as a authority figure on Raw. Everything he's done has been undermined by Stephanie, which never gets brought up. He had every reason to fire Braun Strowman, and he wanted to, but he wasn't allowed to. Stephanie just told him, no, you got to rehire him now. He looked like a total uh, buffoon. Like, if your, boss is, if your boss tells you something, and then your boss's boss says the op- opposite thing, you lose respect for your boss, and that's what happened there. Let's bring that up. Kurt Angle needs, that Kurt Angle needs to come back, and I'm hoping that he does soon, like within the next week or two, because I think it's, ha- it's there. It's right under the surface, but let's, let's get to it. Let's put it forward. And with with Ronda, while she definitely needs to needs some help on those promos leading to WrestleMania, and I you know I think she'll get them. Ronda on Raw was better than Ronda at the Royal Rumble. There's been improvement, so I don't see any reason why there couldn't continue to be improvement. There needs to be, and I hope there is. Um, but I think Ronda should be doing MMA moves in the ring. I think Ronda's offense should look like her offense looked in the UFC. I don't know why she's doing a Samoan drop on Stephanie. I mean, Ronda punched people in UFC. Ronda could just punch Stephanie McMahon in the face. Why a Samoan drop? Ronda could either punch Stephanie in the face. Ronda could lock the arm like she did at WrestleMania 31. Uh, Ronda could, you know, act like she's going to slap Stephanie McMahon and then duck down and grab her ankle and have Triple H and Stephanie locked in in ankle locks at the same time like I think or, or choke her out wouldn't that be cool let's make this look real what if what if we saw Rhonda as somebody who wasn't quite so friendly what if Rhonda choked out Stephanie McMahon because that's what MMA Ronda Rousey would do what if what if we saw Stephanie McMahon go unconscious because Rhonda choked her out I don't I think that that, that makes sense to me I think that that's that's a story that makes me want to buy WrestleMania, makes me want to subscribe to the network for it. So I think we need a lot more aggression out of both Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. And it's been a I've been surprised over the last definitely over the last week even. I'm still hearing from a lot of people that they're a little bit annoyed and feel like WWE has dropped the ball by putting Ronda in this match instead of a match with Asuka or Charlotte, mainly the Charlotte thing, but some people say Asuka, or anybody that's on the active roster. And I completely disagree with that. I think that at some point we could see an amazing match with Asuka versus Ronda Rousey. I think at some point we could see an amazing match with uh, uh, Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. But I don't think that Ronda Rousey is going to be in any kind of shape and I don't mean like shape, but I don't think Ronda Rousey by WrestleMania is going to be ready to anchor a headline singles match with one of the top stars in the company. You know, I think she needs to be in this tag match so that we can hide her weaknesses and display her strengths. 
I think that when you want to see a Ronda Rousey versus Asuka or a Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte, you want to see Ronda Rousey at her best. And she has not yet learned how to be a pro wrestler. I want to see Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte once she's learned to be a pro wrestler. And I know you could sit there and be like, well, LT wasn't a pro wrestler when he fought Bam Bam. And, you know, we saw Mike Tyson involved in a main event and all this stuff. Here's the difference. Ronda apparently is not coming in for a one-off match. This isn't, we, we're going, it's not like because we're not seeing it at WrestleMania, we're not going to see it. Ronda's on Raw every week leading to WrestleMania. Is she going to wrestle any matches? No, and she shouldn't. But everybody said that Ronda Rousey is signing a full-time, longish term, more than one match deal with WWE, which means we're going to have an opportunity to see those matches. And we're going to have an opportunity to build to those matches. Right now, it makes sense to have her involved with Stephanie and Triple H because the story is her getting signed. The story is payback from WrestleMania 31. And in practicality's sake, maybe the story is we need to put her in a high-profile tag match because, you know, she's not ready for a singles match yet. Now, I really still think that Braun Strowman should be the guy instead of Kurt Angle. You know, and I actually think that that becomes a higher-profile match if it's Braun Strowman. Um and I don't exactly know where Braun Strowman is going to lie because when we're talking about graphics for matches, as we did earlier in the state of wrestling, we've also seen a graphic for the Intercontinental Championship match, which is a triple threat between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor in The Miz, which I like. But it does leave Braun Strowman out. And Braun Strowman was left out last year at WrestleMania because he was kind of in between stories. I think Braun Strowman is a lot more than a utility player. To me, Braun Strowman is the most valuable superstar in the company right now. To me... He's the most long-term valuable superstar in the company. I've said it before, him, Elias, and The Miz. So, I think you should put him on a pedestal at WrestleMania, and I'm still optimistic that they will. I just, I think that that's the pedestal for him. I think that people want to see him get these hands on Triple H. And, you know, he's done really well in the Mixed Match Challenge with Alexa Bliss. I think that a dynamic between Ronda Rousey and Braun Strowman could be great. And the Ronda Rousey is this unbeatable ass-kicking machine. Well, look, Kurt Angle was an ass-kicking machine. Braun Strowman is an ass-kicking machine. And while you could say, well, Triple H isn't full-time, so he shouldn't be wrestling somebody that's full-time, Kurt Angle is the other guy that's that executive-slash-wrestler. Not really. Not really, because Triple H can still go like like he could. You know, Triple H, if you put him in a match with anybody on the main roster— He's got himself in shape. I watched those midnight Instagram stories where he's working out after traveling across the world. You know, Triple H is still ready to go and have a headline WrestleMania singles match. So, I, which, you know, I wouldn't... Prob, Kurt Angle probably is not. So, I think it should be Braun Strowman in that match, and I think it would make it more compelling. And you can count on Braun Strowman a little bit more than Kurt Angle, unless... Kurt Angle gets aggressive, and he could. And this match could get me very, very excited. And I'm hoping that it does. Um, all right. I think we're in a good place, though, as far as this build to WrestleMania goes. And I think Raw is doing a really, really good job of of getting people excited about it. And I think that SmackDown has done a great job of getting people excited for Fastlane. And I think – I don't even think we're going to – I mean, you heard my Asuka thing. I don't even think we're going to have to wait until the SmackDown after Fastlane. I think at Fastlane – the, the picture, the painting of WrestleMania is going to start to get colored in. Uh, and I'm very, very excited about it. 
Don't forget to subscribe to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast on Stitcher Premium. It's the best way to support the show. And my thank you to you is not only offering you the show ad-free only on Stitcher Premium, but you will also get access to our exclusive bonus show. It's called Captive Audience. We've already got the first two episodes up. It's a watch-along show, three-hour-long podcasts where me and somebody who's close to me watches a show that normally this person wouldn't watch. First episode is up, Uncensored 95. I'm making my wife, Jess, watch Uncensored 95, and I've got to explain it to her in real time. This week's episode that went up on Monday, WrestleMania 9. I'm showing my dad WrestleMania 9 for the first time since I was a little kid. If you want to hear me explain these things and you want to rewatch a fun old show in a really fun way, then subscribe to Stitcher Premium at stitcher.com slash notsam. It's really inexpensive. It's 5 bucks a month or 35 bucks a year, I think, like that. There's a donate button on there, too, if you want to help support the podcast. But that's what I'm offering you if you want to subscribe over at Stitcher Premium. Thank you for being a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.